I'm not going to use the video. So <laughs> I'd love to see you. So I literally. So we're doing this right now. We're having an interview. Yeah. For a podcast. What kind of craziness is that? It's amazing. I'm so proud of you. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Am I an episode behind? I think you are. Forgive me, because this is the first time I'm doing this. There it is, a little snippet of the crazy you can expect today. Thank you, and welcome back to the Grace Fields Wife podcast. This is episode five. I'm so excited to have you back. Uh, and today, we're switching it up a little bit. You are in for a treat. We actually have an interview. Uh, so the last couple of episodes, we talked about communicating, right? Talking to your spouse directly versus going ahead and telling your business to the world, protecting your marriage, uh, some verbiage that we could use for that. And then finding uh, when, when it goes beyond that, when you need to talk to somebody beyond your spouse, once you've kind of brought it to them, who you should talk to, a trusted friend, therapist, coach. So this is an episode with that trusted friend. But I think what's most important is for you guys to get a glimpse of what it looks like to have a really beautiful conversation uh, with somebody who just kind of shares the same the same values. I mean, this was amazing. We we were able to really just vibe and talk so freely. It's kind of like you're letting you know me letting you into to us sitting on my couch talking, which is which is really special. Um, so the interview is with my very, very good friend, my everything friend. You know how you have like a mom friend, a, you know, a, a friend at the gym or a friend from work. This is my everything friend. And most recently, she just moved cities and moved away from me. And I'm still trying to forgive her for that. But um this is the person that I do life with the most. And she's so, so amazing. And this is not to take anything away from, I do have several other relationships with amazing women that we've been friends for over 20 years. So with all of this, um, this particular person has been somebody who's relatively new in my life only the past, over the past 10 years. But the the connection that we've built is just is just really amazing. So without further ado, I introduce to you my bestest friend, Janice Kircher. She is a mom of two, a wife. She was our family pastor back up here when she was in New York. She is a recording artist, a worship leader. She is just an overall ray of sunshine. Literally, my son called her Miss Sunny when he was like two. My, my kids call her auntie. Like she's just such an amazing woman. And I think once you hear her speak, you will learn why. And so here's just a, a little glimpse into our conversations and what it means to be that trusted friend. Welcome to the Grace Fields Wife Podcast. My name is Beatrice Vargas, and my mission is to improve the quality of marriages by helping us learn to be fueled with grace. Are you sitting in a marriage that feels empty? Are you struggling to reignite the passion and love you once shared with your husband? Are you at a crossroads of leaving and repair, but you're constantly reminded of your promise to God to stay true? Or maybe things haven't even gotten that bad yet. Maybe you don't argue that often, but since you barely connect anymore, you've started to give up hope of ever being happily married again. 
You might have contemplated or even fantasized about what it would be like to leave. Maybe you're telling yourself that you're just sticking it out for the kids. If this is you, I've been there. My story is your story. I want to help you heal and reignite your marriage while still believing in the promise God gave you. I want you to stay with me, learn from me, internalize the grace, guidance, and interviews so that you can become the grace-fueled wife. You can learn more and connect with me directly on Instagram at the grace-fueled wife. Now let's dig in to today's show. Let me ask you, what does it look like for you? And I know you're very much like me, like hashtag no new friends. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> for sure. We're really social on the outside, but on the inside, we're like, no, no, I don't want to make new friends. Don't um, make me people. Don't make me people. Yeah. <laughs> so talk to me. What does that look like for you? Um, finding and identifying and, you know, new friends or people who you feel like you can trust and open up to, um, especially in a place where you're in a place of transition right now. So that's got to be hard. Yeah. And um, talk to me about that. Yeah, I mean, I I definitely think that adult friendships are no matter which you slice it. Um, it's always difficult to try to break into any sort of friendship, and I feel like just with us, I say this Canada, obviously, but just just with us in general, I feel like our our friendship blossomed out of one necessity, but also two out of fervent pursuit. Like we wanted that consistent friendship and we were very very adamant about making it happen so I think for us that was really important and also out of necessity and to see you um go through what it is that you guys went through and watch it watch the whole story unfold and then everything that happened after the fact was just obviously being relatively new to um knowing you and hearing about your marriage and everything but it was just astounding to see that unfold. So it's just, yeah, I feel like adult friendships are, are just always rough. But for us, I feel like it, it, it was definitely necessary and it was mm-hmm. a great necessary. It was almost like God was putting all the pieces together to make everything mm-hmm. kind of work. Um, and we were there for each other right the right, at exactly right, the right moments. So, yeah. yeah. I think that's so true. Um, one of the, things that you said that struck me was the intentionality a and then b just the timing being right and so mm-hmm. i think a lot of times you know i can think back of to people who i think i want to be friends with but it's just kind of forced and mm-hmm. um or people who i try to be friends with but i'm just not great at you know returning text messages and things like that and one of the things I've, I have always said about you is you are one of the people who have taught me how to be a good friend because of that intentionality, because you would like text me and I would just not text you back. Oh my gosh. <laughs> In the no, beginning. It's, it's the absolute truth. <laughs> I was having a discussion with my boss the other day and she was like, oh, what would your best friend say about you if they had to describe you? I'm like, she would say I was persistent yeah. <laughs> because of how how intentional I was. I remember like asking myself, does she not like me? I thought we were cool. Does she not want to be my friend? I'm going to text her anyway, whatever. I don't care. <laughs> yeah. But that's so important because how many times do we like 
sit and think about that. And then we don't, you know what I mean? Like we don't continue to um, go after the friend and be like, hey, I texted you. Are you okay? You know, is everything okay with us kind of thing? And um, in seeing that, it made me realize, like, B, don't be a jerk. Like, just Mm -hmm. respond, you know? And so it taught me so differently just how to to be – I don't even want to say a good person because I think – I was a good person. It wasn't, I didn't have any bad intent, but just how to be better about, about being a friend. And had you not done that, I don't think we would be friends like we are. And then we would have both missed out on like the greatest friendship ever. I know. <laughs> Best stalking oh, decision I ever made. Yes. <laughs> yes. So I would say for people out there, if you meet somebody and you feel like there is a connection and there's somebody, something that you have in common and you can see yourself being friends with, go ahead and pursue them almost like you would in any other relationship. And don't make it weird and don't make it forced, but just um, don't be offended if you don't get a text back right away. Because I think a lot of times people are just, they're busy and and they don't have any bad intentions. But um, I think by by going after them and and kind of making them open up. I know this has happened to me where I'll text someone and I'll be like, how's everything going? Oh, it's fine. And then I'll see her in person later. And I'll be like, hmm, I kind of know not everything is fine. Mm -hmm. Like, (laughs) ah, you know, and I'll Mm -hmm. say like, you can, there's plenty of people you can say it's fine, but to me, I know you a little better. Like, don't lie. Mm-hmm. It's okay. You mm-hmm. can tell me what's going on. And I, and I think that that's important to, to know that there's going to be not everybody, but there's going to be people where it's just okay. And we have to be real with. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, to that as well, <laughs> just to kind of add, add to it, don't be offended, but also don't, don't feel like it's not worth the investment Yes, to, to really pour into to friendships. I feel like we text a few times or like we try to pursue something, a friendship with someone that we get along with. And then if they don't respond, we take it deeply and, and we get just a little bit too offended by it, I think, and, and don't think that it's worth continuing or worth pursuing or worth investing in. I always say that it's it's always worth it to invest in people, even if you don't immediately see the return. Loving on people is always something that that whether you see the return or not has you know kingdom benefits, has bigger yes. benefits than you can imagine. So always pouring into people, always loving people, whether or not you know you get that text back or you get that you know coffee date that you want, it's still mm-hmm. always going to be worth it to pour into people, no matter what the outcome winds up being. That's so true. And I think you're definitely um, an example of that, of somebody who has shown me, like even in in church when, you know, we met in church many, many years ago. And um, even when we came over to our new church, I remember you just modeled for me, modeled that for me, just pouring into people and uh, just going up to strangers. Hey, how's it going? How are you? You know, and connecting. And I think that's so important. And I've heard so many stories after that of people saying, wow, you know, when you did that, that was really impactful. And it's not me. It was something I learned from you. And I think that that's so important, you know, for people to hear that. Mm -hmm. um, You're right. Just that investing in other people is so important. And that comes back to you. 
You know, it, it comes mm-hmm. back in all kinds of good ways. And not that we do it for the blessing later, but there's definitely blessing on the other side, you know? Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. I like to think that one day when I, when God calls me home, there's going to be a big celebration and everybody's going to be like, I remember Janice. Yay. She was the girl that said hi to me on a Sunday. Yes, totally. <laughs> so, yeah. totally. so let's shift gears a little bit and talk about, um, so some of the things I have been talking about over the past couple of weeks is wanting to protect your marriage, right? And mm. there being issues at home that, you know, you sometimes, you know, maybe you don't want to talk everything about it, you know, with your husband or you're trying to work through it with him, but you need some time to process, or maybe you, you need some time to get through or, or um, come to a place of forgiveness and things like that. And so one of the things that I've been talking about is not to sit there and suffer in silence or um, not to kind of just internalize it, but really to bring it up to somebody and to bring it Mm -hmm. up to a trusted friend. So talk to me about what that looks like for you. You know, how do you share with somebody while also protecting your marriage? Yeah, I feel like marriage is one of those topics that we don't want to talk about because it either makes our spouse look really bad or B, it makes us look really bad. And it, it puts, it puts you in such a vulnerable state that to reveal that your marriage is not what it should be is, is almost too close for comfort. And people don't always want to share. People don't always want to talk about it because no one wants to reveal that the thing that is supposed to be most sacred and most important to them is kind of messy. Mm -hmm. You know, that having that conversation with people in general is hard, I think, but, um, knowing who your people are and knowing and identifying that and really just knowing that who you can confide in is someone that's going to be a safe space. That's, that's going to be integral because at the end of the day, we were never meant to do life alone. God never intended us to do life alone. And so for us to not be transparent in the areas where we need the most help in, especially like marriage, that's, it's almost like, like I, I almost want to call it slightly selfish because mm. we're taking that and we're not, we're not allowing people to see the deepest parts of ourselves. And if we're doing that, then we can't have true friendship with anybody. We can't have true community with anybody if we're not allowing ourselves to be that vulnerable. And at the end of the day, no one's marriage is perfect. No one's, no one's got it figured out. None of us have arrived and we're all still learning how to do it. And sure, on the exterior, for some people, it may look a little easier than for others. But behind closed doors, we all have it hard and we all have it tough. I mean, for me, like, I, I'm always the first one who, and, and I, I, this is something that I struggled with for years, where I don't always want to reveal things that are happening because I feel like I don't want to dump on people. I don't want to be that person that just, you know, I have to be the strong one for everyone else. So it's okay if, you know, you can dump on me, but I'm just going to hold it too closely to me. And that for me, that's, that's something that I've always struggled with. I mean, you can probably attest to that because you see right through everything I do. (laughs) So so you, you, you for sure can, can say what that's like being on the opposite end of, of me having those moments. Mm -hmm. But again, having that moment of vulnerability and being okay with saying to another human being who you can trust, 
look, I don't have it all figured out and I just need to chat about it. And it doesn't have to be in a way where you're bashing your spouse because that's never good either. It doesn't have to be in a way where, you know, it, it becomes a complaint fest because no one wants to hear that either. But it could you can reveal things in a very vulnerable way. You can reveal things in a real way that that express how you're feeling without damaging your marriage. Yeah, so true. And I think the other thing um, is that a lot of times in talking with somebody about it, they're able to help us see things maybe from our spouse's perspective. Mm-hmm. Like I know from us, we joke, right? That I'm, I'm just like your husband yep. and you're just like mine. Mm-hmm. And so when I hated this. You'll say, well, maybe, you know, this is how he was feeling and vice versa. And it really helps us to, you know, kind of put ourselves in their shoes and, and it kind of, it helps to lessen the anger a little bit. It helps us to really, really understand where they're coming from so that when we come back to them to talk about it, um, they can see that we've actually taken the time to kind of look at their perspective, right? Oh yeah, absolutely. I think that that's so integral because, you know, very often, I mean, we see through, we see things through our own lens, you know, it, it, it takes extra effort to try to see someone, something from someone else's perspective, but hearing that back from someone that you trust, I feel like it holds that much more weight when you can share that with somebody and they're like, well, if, you know, if they're coming from a direction or from a perspective, you know, that relates more to your spouse than knowing that you can trust this person and they're not going to steer you wrong just for the sake of it, that it's like, Mm -hmm. it it holds that much more weight for sure. When you hear those things, I think. Nice. So going back to saying somebody you trust, right? How do we, how do we know we can trust somebody? I mean, for us, it's different. We've been friends for so long, Mm -hmm. but how do you, what would you say maybe are some of the warning signs or red flags or indicators that, huh, this might be somebody I would be able to confide in? I think godly character speaks for itself. You know, when you see somebody that's, that's, is actively pursuing the heart of God and they're actively living a life where, where they're, they're really just seeking to be that for lack of a better term, grace fueled wife. (laughs) But there is no better term. What? No better term. That's it. (laughs) But if you see somebody, you know, I, I always say that, you know, when you see something that someone has that you want it's okay to be like, hey, I want what you have. Tell me how you got it. And it's okay to glean off of those people. And it's, it's also okay to, you know, create friendships based on that as well. You know, finding somebody that, that does have those characteristics that are godly. I mean, the fact is, uh, you know, something simple as, you know, you hear somebody talking about somebody else, chances are they're behind your back talking about you. So maybe that's not the person that you can confide in regarding your marriage. Maybe that's not the gal that you have those coffees with because chances are she's having her mom circle and, you know, talking about everybody else. So really just using, you know, judgment, but also, you know, I believe in spirit connection. I believe that God leads us 
to who it is that that is going to be beneficial in our lives. I believe that those are those people that that he just kind of puts in our path, like you, my darling. Okay. <laughs> I, I I believe I believe that those there are those moments where he does that, and for those of us who are still looking for that, because like I said, adult friendships are hard. Again, it's it's really just keeping your ear to the ground and being so intentional and purposeful in every interaction that you have. I've, I've seen so many people give up on friendships just because it didn't look the way they thought it was going to look or it didn't sound the way they thought it was going to sound and it didn't meet their immediate need. And that's when it becomes a little bit more selfish and less, less beneficial to who we are as an individual. Friendship should challenge you. Friendship should change how you view things how you confide in somebody, you know, it, it stems from from really just being challenged inwardly. I think that that's that's how you know whether or not you can trust somebody. If 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 they change you in in really amazing ways that you wouldn't otherwise have allowed yourself to do. So yeah, that's so good. That's like gold. That's so good <laughs> because it's true. And and um. What you said about godly character is so important because one of the things that I noticed with us is that even though we were in the position to want to gossip a lot, we never did. Like Mm -hmm. I never felt that you would come to me about somebody else and be like, and just talk smack. Mm Mm-hmm. I feel like if you ever did, it was coming from a heart of voicing a frustration or how can I fix this issue that has come up? But just to sit there and talk down about somebody for the, you know, mm-hmm. sheer fun, you know, for lack of a better word for of doing so, you never did. And, and I found myself never wanting to do that either. Because you never did it. And I remember feeling like this is a sacred space and we don't bring that kind of stuff in here. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. I think that that's, I, I mean, I know for myself, I am I am so emphatically anti-gossip because I see how it, it just ruins things and I see how it corrupts people and how it, how it just tears apart friendships. And like for us, like, I've seen so many people mask, you know, bochinche and gossip under the the gauge of, oh, we're talking about godly things. And, oh, but it's, you know, oh, but God said. Anytime somebody assigns God said to anything, turn around and go in the other direction is wrong. (laughs) When you know it's not right, obviously. Mm -hmm. But, But protecting your friendship and making sure that it is that space where, where you're not bringing garbage into it is super important. It's super, super important. So for me, and that's, that's a huge value. And I, I love that we have that you and I, where we, we know where we're not going to sit there and just bash other people because it's not in our nature and it's, it's not how we work. And I think if we were ever to come to the point where one of us would be like, Oh, well, did you hear about someone? And so, and so the other one would probably be like, mm, maybe let's switch the topic. I feel like right. we're, we're yeah. definitely at that where we would, we would call each other on it. And that's how yeah. friendship should be. Yeah, definitely. I I mean, I think I remember once in all of, I don't know how long we've been friends, 10 years. Once in all of that time, there was one time where there was something 
really juicy we wanted to gossip on. <laughs> really, really juicy. <laughs> really juicy. It was so juicy. <laughs> and I felt like we almost went there, but uh-huh. didn't actually. And then later was like, my bad. I, you know, I'm really sorry. <laughs> <laughs> for that because yeah. I just don't call all kinds of yucky about that yeah. and that was it was really meaningful to me because I have been in you know I have a lot of friends and I you know and I'm, I sit in a lot of circles with women and I have been in spaces where someone will be sitting at the table being like well look at this one and look at that one and who does she think she is for this and that and the other. And it's just so, you know, I hear it and I'm like, Oh, but that's so ugly. Like, I don't Mm want to be a part of that. There's Mm -hmm. no need for that. You know? And it, it's like, as much as you love the other person who's saying it, it definitely will, for me, like taints my view of them a little bit where I'm just like, okay, I, I see you. Like, I still love you but I see you, you know, I, I don't now think that you would never talk about me when I'm not there. So I think that that is such, such an important tip. Um, anything else around um, protecting your husband and maybe keeping yourself, how do you, as a friend, so you hear husband's doing something, he doing something wrong, you know, he shouldn't be doing it. How do you, keep yourself because there's that fine line of wanting to be like no he didn't and of helping your friend to be to kind of just kind of talk it out and process it so what would you say to that like what any advice that you can give for us when our friends come to us um what what would you say to that yeah i i'm a big big person on lovingly calling people out on things And it's okay if your friend is coming with, you know, obviously we want to be there for our friends. We want to be a listening ear and we want to be able to, to confide or have them confide in us. But when it gets to the point where it's, it's just kind of the hamster wheel of complaining, then we really just want to be like, listen, we want to, to bring it back to a place where it's, beneficial to who they are because we don't want to perpetuate someone just complaining about their spouse and just on and on and on and on and on. That doesn't benefit them at all. I mean, sure, they may feel like they're able to vent, but it's okay to call your people out on on the nonsense sometimes, you know, because of the, and the fact of the matter is that they themselves aren't protecting their own marriage if they're the ones coming to you with all of the gossip. So it's okay to remind people, you know, I mean, as Latinas, we're, we're always taught that family business is family business, you know? And I think that that kind of, (laughs) that kind of comes a little bit more naturally to us to protect what happens at home. But, you know, obviously there are some things that, that don't need to be everybody's business and you don't need to air it all out all the time. So I, I feel like there's that fine line, you know, and when being a friend to someone who is in that space, really means giving wisdom and not perpetuating the gossip that's coming from them. Because if someone's not willing to protect their marriage from that, then you be the friend to protect their marriage from that. And you have to be the one to do that. That's so good. That's so good. And one of the things I thought about is uh, for me, one of the reasons why you're 
one of the only people that I will um, talk about like issues at home with is because I know you love him too. You know what I mean? Like I know that you know him and you love him and you can see past my anger into his good intentions where, you know, there's other people, whether it be other friends or or family members, where if I say something bad about him, they're going to hate him. They're going to be like, Mm -hmm. oh, no, he didn't, you know, and they're just going to become indignant for me. And that's not going to help me. It's just going to make it worse. So yeah. that's so important. Go ahead. No, yeah. I feel, you know, and it's funny having seen you guys, you know, at all ends of the spectrum, being there when everything, you know, started to kind of crumble and, you know, what he left and seeing, you know, coming in when all of that was already happening. Um, I It could have been easy for me to get to that place later on as the years went by in our friendship where if he did something wrong to be mad at him. You know, but also I've seen the progression of who he has become. And like you said, I, I don't just love you. I love him. He's my brother. You know, so for me, it's like, it's, it, I, I see both of your perspectives. So rather than get mad at him for doing something or, you know, feel upset for you, I would, I would, I would literally, and I'm not saying this as like a, you know, a cliche thing, but I would literally just like take a moment to pray for you guys because that was important for me rather than getting upset at anything that was happening. I would just literally sit there and whether you're texting me or whether you're calling me, or if we're sitting in a car crying together, I would just pray for you guys because that's what real friendship does rather than, you know, feeling like you always need to come to the rescue. The best way to come to somebody's rescue is to pray for them. The best way to come to somebody's rescue is, 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 is to really just, ask God to work on behalf of them. And I think that that's integral. If we're not praying for our friends, if we're not actively seeking God to move in the lives of the people that we love and trust, then can we even truly call ourselves friends? Can we truly be involved in friendship when that component is missing? I love that. There's so, it's so good. (laughs) I love all of that. Um, I think also shifting gears a bit because I recognize that not everybody listening is maybe in a space where they are going through a separation or about to go through a separation. There's plenty of, I'm sure, plenty of people listening who um, actually are in a good place in their marriage, but Mm -hmm. resonate with some of these topics because I think at one time or another, we all go through this. Mm -hmm. And so I think... For that, what would you say for friends in terms of helping the marriage stay in a good place and stay in like that good cycle? Because you've seen us in all kinds of places, you know. <laughs> and so is there anything that you would that you would say on that front? Um, I think it's important to do life together as couples as well. Like if you have have friendship, always encouraging your friends and their spouses to constantly date each other. Like, you know what I mean? If that makes sense. Like you should be dating your spouse and you should be encouraging your friends to date their spouses, but also it's okay to be like, Hey, what up with the double date? Let's hang out, you know, and, and really pouring into healthy marriages. I think that that's important as well. And maintaining 
those healthy friendships and relationships. Because when it does hit the fan, you do want those people who, who've seen you at the good to be able to be there for you at the bad as well. I love that. I love that. It's so true. And I mean, you know, even things like, hey, we'll take the kids this weekend so you guys can go out on a date that night, is right? super big. You get extra so friend points if you offer to take the kids. That so is like a huge good. thing. Yes. <laughs> That I know we've uh, we've done that for each other, and that's huge. <laughs> so huge! So, oh my so gosh! But you're right. Even the double date thing, even the just you know, let's go out and and kind of have fun together, all of us. That mm-hmm. solidifies the marriage too, and solidifies overall in the friendship because I think through this, obviously, our friends, our kids, sorry, have become best of friends mm-hmm, through mm-hmm. this whole journey because they grew up together because they, you know, they're like cousins almost, you know, mm-hmm. <coughs> because they've always been together. And I think that's just, that's uh, been such an integral part of, like you said, just fostering that healthy, healthy relationship and sowing into that healthy relationship, watering the grass there um, and, and just keeping it thriving. So that's been, that's yeah. been really awesome for sure. Yeah. And really just being able to do life together. I think, I think that sometimes we, we may reject the idea of community involving our family and our marriage because like marriage and family is a sacred space, but doing life together is, is so big and so integral, especially if you're living, you know, in a new city or especially New York or wherever you are doing life by yourself is, is always so hard you know, doing marriage by yourself when you don't have people who can, you know, kind of lift your arms up for you when you don't have the energy to do it yourself. That's important. That's so important. So to, to really kind of keep people at an arm's length, we're just hurting ourselves, I think. So good. And then lastly, I'll say kind of like, you know, when you're dating or you're starting to date and people say like, well, where did you meet your husband? And, and they want to know all about like, where are these good friends or these, you know, these, <laughs> all the eligible bachelors are hanging out. Um, I think it's important to say that it's good to, to become involved in community, whatever that means for you, whether it means uh, serving in your church or maybe it's at the school or something, but it, mm-hmm. in whatever place where you know you're going to meet, meet like-minded people and then keeping an open mind once you get there. What would you say to that? Yeah, I think I think community can look like so many different things. It doesn't always have to look like, you know, a, a, a church building. It doesn't always have to look like the people that you hang out with at work or, you know, it can look like a mixture of things. It could be, you know, pockets of different people. I love, one of the things I love about you, B, is that your community is not just, you know, people from one particular space in your life, but it's been a community that you've been able to build throughout the years and, and really just incorporate friendships from different seasons of your life. And that's been your community. And that's one of the things that I love about you, that you're just so embracing to everybody. But I, I think we think community just has to be, you know, the gang gang that you're with right now. And that's, you know, 
that's not always the case for a lot of people. Like, obviously, we live in different cities from one another. We don't even, <laughs> we're not, we're not as close in proximity as we used to be, but you, you're still my community, you know, and that's, that's really going to be a matter of where you're investing your time and, and what you're pouring into other people and what you're allowing other people to pour into you as well. That's, that's who's going to be your community. That's so good. And I think the uh, important part you made there is about having friends from different seasons. I I would say knowing when those seasons are over, but knowing which friends you should keep Mm -hmm. and knowing which friends it's okay to say goodbye to is, I think that's important too. Oh yeah. I've once heard a pastor talk about friendships as, as being a friendship for the particular road that you're on and then there's friendships for the long journey and they're recognizing which of your friends fit into those categories. I had friends that I thought were going to be a part of the long journey, you know, and, and invested time and pour into, but realizing and recognizing that they were just for that small amount of road that I was on in that particular season, but still honoring that friendship, even though it's not going past a certain point or it's not looking like, what I thought it would look like later on, but still honoring it and recognizing that they still had an important part of who you are, you know, but also being okay with saying, you know, I'm growing and it's okay if our friendship looks a little different. That's so true. It's so good. I think um, recognizing that, like even now, you're right, we live in different cities now, so our friendship looks a little different now, but it doesn't mean that the core of it has to change, mm-hmm. you know? And I, yeah. I have friends who I, it'll be three months I don't talk to, but then we get on the phone and it's like, we didn't, we don't skip a beat. We could stay yeah. on the phone for an hour and that's mm-hmm. important. Yeah, absolutely. I think that, you know, even if you do have those friends that, that there are, you know, more elapsed periods of time that you don't get to speak, but you do pick up where exactly where you left off make an effort to try to shorten the amount of time between, you know, you do speak because it's, it's so good for your soul and it's so good for the other person as well. You know, friendship is, like I said, it's, it's an investment. It's constantly being willing to, to give, even if you're not getting. Yeah. And when you said that, I just thought like, just like marriage, right? Like our marriages are, are an investment and Mm -hmm. we wouldn't go, and I say this because like, it, I think it's so easy when we're married to get so caught up in doing life. You know, you get the kids, you do this, I'll make breakfast, mm-hmm. you clean up. And we forget to actually sit down and, and take time for ourselves mm-hmm. um, to just connect with each other, even on a daily basis or uh, forget it. Sometimes we forget yeah. to do that. And yeah, or, or we forget to be friends with our spouse. We forget that our spouse has to be our friend. They're our yes. best friend. Like my husband is my best, best friend. Obviously you're my best friend, but he's like the best friend. He should, but as cult- he should. <laughs> yeah, but cultivating that, you know, is, is, is so much more important than pouring into any other relationship that we have. And if we're not, you know, if we don't make our spouse our, our number one best friend, then I kind of feel like we got it all wrong. Yeah. And you guys are so cute. Y'all are like 
leave in the middle of the day for coffee dates and like we do it's so cute like, oh we have a day date who does day dates we do day dates because the nighttime is really hard with kids let's just be real yeah. <laughs> and it's hard to to be able to do that obviously you know living living where we live we're able to you know living in orlando we're able to be like oh we have the afternoon off let's go to disney world and just hang out there for a couple hours and be a bunch of kids and it it, it makes marriage so much fun because you know it's not like we're just acting a fool but you know we're walking around we're grabbing an ice cream we're having a conversation amidst a beautiful environment where our kids are not around and we're able to just be and i think so often in marriage we forget that we just need to be with our spouse and that's so important. That's so important for the health of your marriage. It's so important to cultivate the friendship in your marriage. Like you got to just be with your spouse. Yeah, I love that. And I'm still, uh, that's one of the areas that I'm still working on. Uh, and I see you guys do, and it's like hashtag goals because <laughs> you seem to do it so effortlessly. And, you know, I know he'll, he'll t- send me a text in, uh, in the middle of the day, be like, hey, babe. You want to meet for lunch? And my first instinct is to be like, uh, I'm working. No, I'm busy. I can't meet you for lunch. And I, and I have to check myself and I have to be like, are you serious? Like your husband wants to take you out to lunch. Let the man take you to lunch. Yeah. yeah. And I, it's like, I got to fight with myself to do it. So I'm definitely still struggling in that area, but it's really beautiful to see you guys do it and be like, Oh, that's so cute. Okay. I Listen, can do <laughs> we still have our moments where he's like, do you want to take a walk? And it's like seven o'clock and I just finished cooking dinner and I don't want to do anything. And I'm like, can we just sit here and have a conversation? <laughs> we still have our moments where I don't want to do that. But I think now more than ever, especially because we're in transition, it's so important for us to take that time to just kind of walk away from all of the things and just have that moment of peace and quiet with each other. So it's, it's really just a matter of prioritizing and really saying yes and not allowing the busy to kind of cloud your judgment. I think. I'm loving all of this because I, what I don't want this podcast to be is all about uh, fixing the bad. Mm -hmm. I don't want it to be, here it is. Your marriage is a toilet. Now go ahead and start from rock bottom and work your way up like I did, Mm -hmm. where it's like, I think that there's plenty of people who are going to listen and their marriage is not in the toilet, but it's, it's like, here's some aspirational things for us and things to do. Or if you, if you're not doing it, things that we should try that I think are really going to be impactful for us. So this has been a really important conversation for, for me. And I think for excuse me, everybody who's listening for that reason. Now I'm all kinds of sick and I keep muting it. <laughs> so I'm not coughing into the no. mic. You poor thing. All right. I'm doing okay. But thank you. I think this has been really, really awesome. It's it went, I knew it was going to be a good conversation because I know that we could sit and talk for three hours. Oh my gosh. We can, we can do this all day. All- <laughs> <laughs> But um, so I, I knew that, but I think it it ended up being even better than I expected. And I think people are going to get a lot of value for from, you know, 
what they heard and what we talk about because I think the friendship that we have is special and it doesn't come around often. And I think it's like, you know, like hashtag marriage goals. It's like hashtag friendship goals. (laughs) For sure. (laughs) Yeah. Like that. I I will, you know, I'm a, I'm a boast a little bit and say that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, I think it is definitely unique, especially because, you know, we weren't, you know, spring chickens in our twenties, you know, getting to know each other. We met each other obviously later and we had families and marriage and it's hard to break into a friendship at that point. And so we're like the unicorn of friendships. (laughs) I think though, there is something to be said about um, being the only one in the room or being, finding that thing about you that was unique. Like I remember sitting with you, sitting next to you in Bible study and somebody said something about sin and half the room was like, <gasps> kind of like, who, me? <laughs> <laughs> you and I were just like, are they for real? They just lying. Everybody yeah, exactly. lying. Y'all some liars. <laughs> <laughs> so, there is definitely that piece where, um, you're right, God just, he makes connections and he, he puts people next to each other, literally physically next to each other. Physically for next to each other. We were physically sitting next to each other yeah. at, that, at that Bible study. Yeah. And to this day, I remember uh, at, we like, we wrote something down on a piece of paper that we were praying for. And to this day, I have that piece of paper in my tattered up Bible, tattered up, (laughs) highlights everywhere, falling apart, cover falling off. It's just, it's a hot mess, but I don't want to give it up. And I still have that piece of paper in it. And I have to be careful because sometimes I'll take it with me. And then I realize the paper's in there and I don't want it to fall out. Oh man. (laughs) In church where we are now, where people know you, (laughs) I see a prayer that you had from 10 years ago. So I have to like, I have to pull it out and be like, okay, we're going to just tuck you away in my, you know, the journal that doesn't leave the house. But (laughs) it's definitely, definitely cool to see that and see how things come full circle. So thank Mm -hmm. you so much for your time, like for just spending some time with me. Um, any excuse to chat with you is, is always my pleasure. So yay. <laughs> I love that. All right. And there you have it, folks. That was our interview with another grace-fueled wife, my friend Janice Kircher, um, our trusted friend. And I hope that perhaps you found some value in that, some takeaways, some things to help you maybe identify if there is a trusted friend out there, some ways to help you um, maybe to find one or build that type of relationship. I think that sort of thing is so important outside our marriage. uh, It helps us to not be codependent on our spouse because they cannot meet all of our needs. Of course, they should be our best friend, but we should always have somebody else out there that we can bounce ideas off of who are going to hold us accountable, who is going to love our spouse, who's going to really just call us out in a loving way, the way Jen has talked about, like we need. So that is going to be really so important. So if you found any value in this at all, I encourage you, please go ahead, share it. Don't be stingy. Just go ahead and share it right there in the top. You know, just click share, send it as a text, anything like that. It really, really helps to get the word out. 
If you have questions and you want to connect with me directly, you can hit me up right on Instagram at the Grace Fueled Wife. I hang out there. And for anything else, I I am around. So just share, write a review. That's also really important. A written review is helpful as well. And I will see you next week. Take care. Bye-bye.